Merry Christmas, Grace. I am, uh, I'm so excited to have, uh, have you all out here to worship together with us. Uh, what better day, right, to, to be out here on a Sunday morning. It's also the day that uh, we celebrate our Savior's birth. Amen? And this is, uh, yeah, this is one of the reasons why we gather. Uh, this is uh, a day to celebrate together. And I'm glad to have you all here, my family, to be here to celebrate with me. Thank you. I love you all. And I really, I, I pray that you do have a very wonderful Merry Christmas. And, uh, you know, I, I want to start out, you know, with a story. You know, his birth was said to have been foretold by ancient prophecy and heralded by signs and portents, declaring him a coming king of his homeland and the ruler of the world. And the story goes that his mother became pregnant through a mysterious encounter with a deity, making him a son of God. And his earthly father had a dream, vision of his unborn child displaying the authority of God. And ancient Roman sources even tell that the further signs of good fortune that followed him throughout his rise to adulthood and the surprising events that made him the ruler of the known world. I'm, of course, speaking about Augustus Caesar. Uh, did you expect somebody else? Or you, you thought somebody else, huh? No, that's a true story. True story, believe it or not. Now, I maybe had somebody else in mind, but, you know, I kid about that. But, you know, one of the, you know this, on this day, on this one day a year, we gather to celebrate, right? We gather to celebrate a different birth, not a birth of Augustus Caesar that we heard about earlier, who, fascinatingly, those things quite sound quite familiar, do they not? And the Gospel of Luke actually tells a story very similar to the one that comes about Caesar Augustus. But the story and the things we come to celebrate about are not the one who's in charge of the whole place in 4 B.C., but a story of a one who was born, as Luke tells us, with similar beginnings. But the similarities, they stop with those things that we just heard. And it's the dissimilarities, I think, that make all of the difference in the two stories. You know, when we speak of the word gospel, when we talk about we are sharing the gospel with somebody, and even using the words evangelism, right, they're tied to a reality we often speak of gospel and our minds go where? We run to the cross and we run to the resurrection and I think rightfully so. But in the ancient world, in the time that we're reading about in 4 BC, those words had a different meaning. They're tied to a reality that a new king has arisen. The euangelion is the good news that there is a king who has come. And those who are going to euangelizo, that are going to evangelize are those who are going to be the heralds to go out and tell the good news that a new king has risen. A new king has come and that he will be, bring peace on the earth, that his rule is good and his justice will be shown. And the good news is proclaimed that the king has arrived and is now ruling. This idea of good news, this idea of gospel is taken from the culture of the day to describe Caesar. 
All of those things that are said are true of Caesar. But when they're applied to the baby that we meet lying in a manger, the differences couldn't be any more clear. From the life of Caesar who grew up, in what what manner he grew up in a rich, wealthy, privileged place of power, to this baby that we read about on Christmas that grew up lowly, poor, powerless, maybe wouldn't even say in the backwoods somewhere. From a Caesar who rose to power through military might, through politics, through conquering other people, to this baby who is born and rises to power through humility, through emptying himself, through making himself nothing, and through dying. From Caesar who brings peace through the edge of a sword. Who brings peace through an army. As opposed to this one who brings peace by reconciling God and mankind through his blood. From Caesar who rules with a fist and lording over authority over others to this one who is born, who rules by becoming a servant to all. To Caesar, whose kingdom will one day come to an end and another will take his place. To one who is born, whose kingdom and rule, as we heard, will have no end. Caesar, who would be born in a palace and his birth would be announced to all the rich and the powerful, to all of those who should be in the know, to this one little baby who would be born nowhere special, but in a common room in a house, in the middle of the house where the animals lay their head, lying in an animal trough. And the only birth announcement that happens were to some lowly shepherds standing out in the field. Yet, church, it was in this announcement that the good news was proclaimed. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ, what? The King. And it is on Christmas Day, church, that we celebrate the coming of the King. The king who would be called Wonderful Counselor. The king who would be called Mighty God and Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The king whose rule, whose throne, whose kingdom would have no end. The king who rescues his followers from the depths of their sin and rescues them from the despair By his very blood. The king who transforms his followers into a people who live for the peace and justice he came to establish. Church, Christmas is the day we reflect on and we celebrate the coming king. Why? So that the other 364 days of the year, we live in his kingdom in peace and joy. Amen? And as we live in that kingdom, the kingdom of light, 
We are to go out each and every day of those 364, and we bring that light to those who live in darkness. And you and I, we get to live out the beauty of Christmas every day by being the heralds of the good news. We get to be the ones, the messengers who go out and say to the world that a Savior has been born, that his name is Jesus. He is Christ the King. We preach the good news that Jesus is King and that in him we find peace. And we tell others that you too can find it in him. If only you would follow the king. Amen? That's my message for today. That's my message for you. Because it's a message of hope. It's the message of what we come here and we gather on this Christmas day for. We gather to remember that there is a king And that his kingdom will last forever and that we get to celebrate on this day and every day, Christmas. That God would not make us come to him, amen? But this one God, this God, the true God, the only God would make a way by coming down to be with us. To be, as we heard earlier, as Deborah said with us over and over, that he would be what? Emmanuel, God with us. This is what we celebrate. This is my message. And we celebrate, we worship our God who came to be with us. Yeah, I want you to go ahead and uh, we're going to turn down the lights low. I want you to go ahead and take your candles out. And what we're going to do, we're going to take just and read two verses together, two sets of verses together. They're in your, your bulletin there. That as we, we hold up these candles, if you could stand with me, as we hold up these candles, and that these are little lights that we have, little lights that we shine out, that we are proclaiming to the world of the King who has come. These are our lights that we shine to show that Jesus is the light of the world. Let us read together. I want you to read with me. They'll be in your bulletin. They'll all be, also be up here. I know it's a little dark if you need to see it up here as well. From John 8, 12, let us read this together. It says, Then Jesus spoke out again, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And our second one is from John 1, 5 through 7. I know it says First John up there. That was my fault. John 1, 5 through 7. It says this. Read with me. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin.